From the beginning, she was impossible. The impossible girl. I met her in the Dalek Asylum, never saw her face, and she died. I met her again in Victorian London, and she died. Saved my life both times, by giving her own. And now she's back. And we're running together, and she's perfect. Perfect in every way for me. Except she can't remember that we ever met. Clara. My Clara. Always brave. Always funny. Always exactly what I need. Perfect. Too perfect. Welcome to Time for 13, a Doctor Who podcast. We are here to talk about Series 7, Part 2. Yay. With me, as always, is Rob. <laughs> Hello. Thanks for coming along again. Oh, this is good. I was excited. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, this is going to be good. Okay, so that that little piece was from a uh, another one of those uh, optional DVD extras called He Said, She Said. Uh, so in that, they're, they're both uh, the Doctor He's talking about Clara, and then later on in the episode, to, to close this out, we'll, we'll hear uh, Clara's response to that. Uh, she's talking about the Doctor. Um, and uh, it's, it's, much, it's much closer to uh, setting up the next thing as is this one, but I thought it was a nice way to have a sort of bookends on it. Uh, before we get into the episodes and talking about the brand new companion for the Doctor, uh, we are going to talk about the show. So we're going to get meta here for a minute. Um, so we, uh, we are changing up how we're doing the show a little bit. Um, we... Uh, looked at sort of uh, how things were breaking out uh, and also we got some listener responses and they said uh, it's great we love it no well I assume that that's what they said but everyone has the, the note we got was we love it could it be a little shorter <laughs> so we sort of looked at that and we we, we talked to engineer Alice and and uh, we looked at our schedules and we realized that we could probably break this up and make it a lot easier so what we're going to do is we're going to be start dividing the episodes in half and only doing uh, like kind of like we did for this season for series seven um, do half the episodes in one episode half the episodes in another uh, and then but to compensate for that so make sure so we don't uh, you know uh, overstay our welcome we are going to uh, then be going weekly so uh, once this hits, then next week we'll do the, the next half and then and so on and so forth. And so our actual our, our because of the way that things are breaking out, our next episode will actually be the um, of the doctor episodes. So we're going to go today up until um, Nightmare and Silver. Uh, and then we we're going to be doing all the of the doctors in the next one. So that'll include the name of the doctor and the 50th and up until uh, Matt Smith's regeneration. Um, so that'll be a whole episode because there's we realize there's just so much stuff to talk about in the of the doctor that they would make this that we were trying to keep these a little bit more concise that would just end up <laughs> way throwing off the balance of it so uh, and then from there on out we, we figure that their thing but but that's not all because uh, there's more doing these uh, we are also going to be uh, having the new episodes coming out. So Rob had a fantastic idea of what to do about the new episodes that are coming out. So tell tell the people what you thought would be fun to do. So we thought this was great. We've got time for 13, the 13th Doctor. We're all excited. And, you know, when you look at these episodes and we think, wow, you know, we could actually do a 13 minute episode. Really, you know, little if you're a, if you're an ESPN fan of Pardon the Interruption or any other show that has a set time limit for each segment. We are going to we're going to confine ourselves and there's going mm-hmm. to be madness and insanity that's going to come about <laughs> from that confinement. But we're going to do 13 minute episodes 
with a, with a very specific plan mm-hmm. and we're going to rock these out. And then when, you know, by the time the end of this, basically you'll have a, a even a bigger than a full episode because mm-hmm. um, 10 episodes by 13 minutes, 130 minutes. So yeah, um, and we're going to try and keep those, put those out as close to the episode as we can. I, I'm not exactly sure what the, the time frame that'll be, but I'm going to try and get them out because uh, we'll probably be recording those uh, like the Monday after the episode airs right. uh, and then it, however long it takes to, to and, and also they're good. And so I would, I'll say, I'll try, I'm going to try and put them out closer to the middle of the week. So I'd say look for those around Wednesday or so. Um, but also we're going to keep those a little bit raw. And engineer Alice is fantastic. What she does. She makes us sound way better than we actually are nice and smooth. But uh, when we told her this, she's like, why don't you just put that out exactly as they are? So let us let them see warts and all. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> Maybe it's just a way of showing how much work she actually does to make us sound good. Uh, so those are going to be um, uh, pretty. Uh, we're going to try and keep them uh, kind of like in almost a real time. We're going to record them exactly and then put them out almost exactly as they are. So you get to hear all our ums and ahs and our, our weird false starts and going down uh, dead paths, kind of like this sentence is going. Nice. Um, but yeah, so that'll be the plan. So you're going to actually going to get uh, more of us, but more in more bite-sized fashion. For better digestion. I think so. Yeah. yeah that should be good. All right. But let's get into the, the, the meat of the matter now. So Series 7 Part 2. So we've had, we said goodbye to the pond. Uh, and now the doctor is mourning the loss of poor Amelia, uh, who's gone on to, you know, she lived happily ever after. But he is despondent and miserable. And so he goes running off to a, the cheeriest place in all of history, <laughs> Victorian London, because <laughs> you know what to uh, brood yeah. and to walk around with a misshapen top hat. Yeah. <laughs> that top hat is ridiculous. Ugh. So yeah, so we go, we get to um, the Christmas special for that year, which is entitled "The Snowmen," aka Knickknack. And you say to yourself, "Wait, okay. what?" <laughs> now, okay, I'll explain. I also have okay. This I, we have. I have two alternate titles for every episode. The other title for this one is Pitch Black Snow. (laughs) The only reason why that is because there is a specific plot point from Pitch Black Uh that factors into the end of this episode you don't expect to happen. Okay. That is the demise of a of of the leading female character. That's true. Yeah, spoiler alert for Pitch Black, but if you haven't seen Pitch Black now, there's a good reason to. Now, here's the thing. What's amazing, and knick-knack, a very famous Pixar short that involves snowmen and snow globes. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's what you're talking about. All right. That's what what I was talking about. So no, the other ones are not. The other ones don't need that much explanation. (laughs) But I will say, here's the reason why. This is a very hard episode to explain. It is. There's a lot packed into this, so much so that there are actually are three prequels to this. Yes. Uh, the, the Great Detective, Vastra Investigates, which are basically just kind of setting up what Vastra and Strax and like what they're like, and the Battle of Demons. And to make, and to make sure you later. know about her relationship yes, with Jenny. Yeah, her, yes, Vastra, and like what Vastra's life is like and what her relationship to Jenny is and then how Strax came to be a part of them. And that's the Battle of Demons run two days later where we see right. they actually have uh, got, brought Strax back to health and then invited him to come back to with them to, to London to solve crimes and, and become apparently the inspiration for Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, so the, even before we get to that, yeah, there is, I, as watching this, uh, first of all, it was much better than I remembered. So yes. as I was watching it, I was like, I was like, I really am enjoying this, but boy, there's a lot of stuff packed into this. And I think part of that is because they're setting up a lot of stuff that's going to be important down the line. Right. A lot of things that are put forward in here are huge uh, when we get to the of the doctor stuff. When we, we find what the secret of the impossible girl and, and all those things are, they're all those things are set up right here. Plus, it's just really well written. 
I mean, yes. I, had, I had so much fun. I really, I, I, I got to say, people have their their problems with Clara, and we'll, we'll talk about sort of the, some of the issues we have with Clara as, as time goes on. But from the start, I got to say, I love Governess Clara best of all. <laughs> oh, interesting. version of the character that we've seen. We've seen multiple versions of her through the history and stuff, too. I love this sort of Mary Poppins-esque uh, a little bit of Stu- Susan Stohelet from Discworld. There's a I, there's a little bit of Discworld reference uh, in this. Uh, you can kind of get that feeling. Well, there's a little Maria, a little Maria from Sound of Music too. Yep, very much the the the, the uh, awesome governess kind of uh, uh, feeling to it. Yep. Yeah, I, I really and I like the repartee she has with the doctor. I like that she's this sort of fast talking thing. I think I I have a little clip uh, that after they've been they've been attacked a little bit. I want to do when the when it's the the doctor and Clara sort of going back and forth in this very uh, Preston Sturgis uh, rapid fire fashion. Come on, quickly! Ah. What are you doing? My bustle is stuck. Your bustle? <laughs> You're going to have to take those clothes off. I didn't mean... I know. Uh, just... I understand. I do. Good. Now, what's the plan? Who said I've got a plan? Of course you've got a plan. You took that. Maybe I'm an idiot. You're not. You're clever. Really clever. Are you? If I've got a plan, what is it? You tell me. That's the way to do it! Is this a test? Yes. What would it do to us? Kill her. That's the way to do it! So come on, then plan. Do I have one? Oh, I know what your plan is. I knew straight away. No, you didn't. Of course I did. Show me. Why should I? Because we'll be dead in under 30 seconds. Do I have a plan? If we'd been escaping, we'd be climbing down the building. If we'd been hiding, we'd be on the other side of the roof. But no, we're standing right here. So? So? After you. After you? After you. I'm wearing a dress, eyes front, soldier. My eyes are always front. Mine on. Stop it. No. <laughs> I understand you're the previous governess. I regret to inform you the position is taken. Good night. She's just so cool and confident and <laughs> I love it. Here's what, here's what I love about it. And I, and I will just admit right now, I, I am a Clara lover, which I could probably have rephrased that in a different way. <laughs> um, <laughs> let me just say this. This is, this is the, evo- this is Moffat's evolution of the, what the, what a companion can be. Yes. Her character is literally like a character who's been watching the show for five <laughs> years, gets the opportunity to be a companion uh-huh. and goes, oh yeah, I'm, I'm diving right in. Yeah. She, and I it- love it. Yeah, this is, and you're right. The the plot of this one is really convoluted with the great intelligence and psychoreactive snow, and there's a globe and Ian McKellen's voice booming through the speakers, and that's why. Well, no, and and that's why I said like knickknack. I was joking, like it's a little bit like I don't know what's going on, but it's cool. It yeah. sounds great. Yes, it's funny, and okay. You have Richard E. Grant who chews the screen up. Yes. Like you can tell this is one of these things I've always wanted to do this, get to be a doctor who baddie. <laughs> well, he's been, and he's technically, he's been a doctor. That's true. That's true. In the, in the what, curse of the fatal death, right? Yes. Yeah. So for those who don't know, that's actually written by Stephen Moffat too. For comic relief. Geez. This was back. I don't even have the note in my notes. Maybe 89. Like, I mean, right. way back during yeah, like, a while ago. Yeah. I think during Shervester McCoy's time. Um, they, well, I think it was during the dark time, actually. Oh, was it during the dark time? Yeah. Maybe yeah, that was, was it. Cause the doctor who still lived on in people's hearts, but not on their television. They did a comedy sketch called the curse of veil death. And I believe you can find it on YouTube. Uh, I oh, watched yes, it yeah. in a while, um, but in it, the, you have the doctor and he regenerates and over the course of the, I don't know, maybe five minute short, he regenerates multiple times. Uh, Rowan Atkinson is one of them. And I believe, I'm trying to remember who the actor, then Jim Broadband, Hugh Grant and, and Joanna that's Lumley. It, Joanna Lumley. That was the big thing. Cause it was like, at one point the doctor regenerates into Joanna Lumley and it was like this, ah! <laughs> like not, not canon, but 
chronologically the first time the doctor was ever played by a woman. <laughs> and shockingly, um, okay, just real quick. This is from, it's from actually 1999. It's after the TV special, the TV movie with, yep. with uh, Paul McGann and it's still in the dark time. So yeah. Yeah. It's very funny though, especially if you're a doctor who fan, just watching him just multiple regenerate into all these uh, at the time, hugely famous British actors. But it's, but I'll tell you this episode, it's again, I can't even explain why it's, it works. It works. Mm-hmm. And it definitely sets up, I think it sets up three really cool arcs, I think, for this season, for this half season is. One, lots of beautiful love letters to the history of the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the great intelligence being a major villain, being brought back in a very prominent way. Very prominent way. Something that was from like all the way from the second doctor, Pat- yeah. Patrick Troughton. It sets up the entire arc of the impossible right. girl, which is obviously the thing there. And I got to say, the music is up several yeah. notches yeah it's really good clara's theme is wonderful yeah. beautiful stuff and we'll talk about it more in another yeah. two episodes here just amazing yeah. stuff and I, I would say this is for for me this is one of the few doctor who episodes that actually legitimately scared me oh and i will tell you why i was watching that for the very first time snowman I, I i don't remember the exact circumstances but i remember that there was a time we always would go away for christmas so we were away uh when this was on and so i had to stay up really late after everyone had gone to bed to watch it. And during the course of the episode, I fell asleep. And what I woke up to was the screaming of the children and I popped my eyes open and there's this ice nanny bursting through the wind screaming at them and I was oh, legitimately like, oh yeah. God. <laughs> like, I was legitimately afraid as I woke up out of this like, what's going on? What's happening? Oh, and so uh, I think she's really yep. scary. I really like that. And much more so than the snowmen. Like the snowmen themselves are okay, scary snowmen. But I think the ice nanny is legitimately a really, really cool monster. And this is the first time we actually see the uh, Richie Grant, the great intelligence, surrounded by other monster guys who follow him around that really aren't that intimidating. <laughs> Y'all, that'll, but that'll change. They'll get more intimidating. Yeah, <laughs> but not much more intimidating. Right. Uh, okay, so that's that. That's a uh, Zoman. Yeah, it's a uh, Zoman is, is a lot. Of, oh, we get also uh, this is where the um, the brand new TARDIS room, like for, for whatever oh, reason, yes, they know the Doctor got a second uh, TARDIS all to himself. So it's the the gray metal with the streaming around and stuff too. Very very mod looking. But I guess you know they figured new companion, new Doctor. You know the I love. Okay, two things. I love this TARDIS. Mm-hmm. One of my all time favorites because it's much more classic in terms of the console. Mm, yeah, true. Um, I love the the uniformity of it, and I love the idea. This was, I think, an old uh, piece of art they had from like the '96 movie, Ooh. the kind of floating, the effect of the floating console. Oh, okay. Where the light, the you know, the light array is at the below and the and, and above it. Yeah. Um, love it, and new titles. Yes, which true. I hated these when this when this first debuted. They are they have grown on me. Okay. Now I, I'm trying to remember. I just because I, I've ingested so much Doctor Who in such a short amount of time. Was there a reason they had for why the TARDIS console room changed? Why the theme changed? Uh, I think it was. I think it was to do something different for the fiftieth. Oh, to be okay. perfectly honest. I mean, I mean, was there anything in the show that said like the Doctor um, said, "Oh, I knew I felt like I needed to change" or something? No, I think it just sounded like it was just a. Well, I mean, obviously they're trying to make the big break from from this big change in the show. Yeah. But I also read. I've read in the past that technical technically it was very hard to do shots in the in the um the old set. Oh, okay. Because it was so cavernous, uh, they couldn't. I mean, there, there was a lot of ways in which, yeah, in which which the way the booms worked and the yeah. cameras placement worked, and so they went for this one because I think it was a little bit more intimate and gave them a little bit more ability to do circling shots and things like that. Okay, uh, all right. I love so it, then we we move into we we ride in the new Tars, even though Clara died again. 
Again, I can't believe she dies. Like just dying all the time. So then the doctor is now on the trail to figure out what's going on with this this Clara thing. And of course, he goes to a monastery. So we head to episode six, The Bells of St. John, a.k.a. Die Fi. (laughs) (laughs) Which I'm going to tell you this. If this was a movie, this was this would be like the cheese ball, Uh like, you know, horror movie Die Fi. Uh The poster, the tagline would be going offline is just a click away. Mm, okay. It would be ball. The alternate title, the alternate alternate title, Time Lord of Interest. Okay. Oh, all right. All right. I got and it. If, and if you know what that is, there was a show called Person of Interest. Yeah. That it, they're literally the entire premise of that show uh-huh. is like a big part of this episode. Yeah. Yeah. That there's like this uh, AI global network yeah. that somebody can find anyone and the network will just find them because of everything that's out there in terms of technology. Yeah. We have uh, so this also had a prequel. This had the Bells of St. John uh, called it's called the Bells of St. John, a prequel. It was really good, too. It's uh, the doctor goes and is is sort of thinking about Clara and what her thing. And he goes into a swing set and he's like hanging out on a like swing set, like thinking about this. And a, a little girl comes up and talks to him and he has a conversation with her about the impossible girl and what's going on with her. And then you find out that that is Clara at, you know, like age 10 or whatever her parents call her and she runs off. And so he's like, <laughs> as he's talking about it, he's doing research on her too, to figure out what her, her deal is. It's a nice little, uh, nice little thing. And then we have the, uh, so he, we have the doctor in a monastery and he gets called for tech support by who's uh, the number for the, the TARDIS phone, which should not be hooked up was given by the woman in the shop and the woman in the shop. That is another mystery that he lays here. that will not get answered for like three seasons. Exactly. Amazing, amazing plant there. Yeah. By Moffat. Like he was, he was thinking that far ahead that like, like, Oh, I'm going to put this here and I'm not even going to worry about that until the next guy. Yeah. That's crazy. Actually. Yeah. Cause at this point we, everyone knew the video was coming and we knew that, that Matt Smith was leaving. I think. Oh yeah. Because this was leading up. This was, this was, right, this it was, was leading up to the, the bay, And we knew that he was doing the 50th and it was going on there. And then he was going to go away at the Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we have more of the, the great intelligence and then the, what are the, the spoon heads? <laughs> I know. Riding, which is a cool effect. Yeah. It's a little creepy, uh-huh. but it's well done. You know, it's so, there's so much, the one thing that really kills me about this episode is, okay, what an odd way to pull the title. Yeah. <laughs> it's a joke literally in the first, and it's a joke yes. in the first five minutes of the episode. Yeah. And he's at this monastery. It has nothing right? to do with the evil Wi-Fi or the spoonheads or driving an anti-gravity motorcycle up the side of a building. <laughs> I mean, it's literally like taking an episode like the, what was the episode where, Dra- you know, Strax is like embarrassed. It would be like calling an episode, Potato Man Turns Red. <laughs> and you would just go, okay. Well, yes, that technically that did happen. You know, actually, yeah, if, you exactly. follow, if you follow the naming convention, it's kind of the naming convention of most Harry Potter books. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. All right. There we go. Just like pick one plot element and put it in there. Um, also, I thought this was neat. Well, okay. The interesting couple things in here, the, the new, the, actually we get the real new outfit, the new doctor's yes, yes, ensemble. Right. His, his sort of Victorian outfit. And he actually makes that choice between the two the old jacket and the new mm-hmm. jacket. Yeah. Um, interesting little plant of uh, Amelia Williams apparently is an author. Uh huh. That's right. Yeah. She's uh, she's, so we have that. And then we have his, uh, and then I love, I, well, look at you have Clara yes. very quickly. And I will say this in another episode. I'm going to say something, but I'll say it here. Mm-hmm. She is already his equal. <laughs> yeah. By the time you get to this episode, and I think this is what ticked people off, but I like it. She's already there challenging in the throws, making decisions. Uh-huh. And then, and then, I mean, okay, when you have an episode that can turn into an episode of Easy Rider, <laughs> pulls the, when he pulls the motorcycle uh-huh. out and you're just like, 
what i don't know what's happening here but this is awesome <laughs> and also she's the as as we'll see in the okay she's one of the few companions that actually listens to him though she challenged him on the stuff yes. when he asked her to do something she'll do it if she has to stay she'll stay exactly so like yeah they're already uh, have a really interesting very different sort of chemistry between the two of them plus the doctor you know is keeping secrets from her that he knows more about her than she does right. and you know, she's not willing to let him stand on stuff the end is weird i still don't understand why the big bad person turns into a little child oh the impression I got is that they they take a person and then the, and then change them out the way. So the idea is that they've had her for like fifty years. Oh no, that's heartbreaking. Yeah. That's what I think. When it was, I was that's when it happened. I was like, oh my god, these people are oh, awful. Oh my god. Okay. All right. I didn't. I didn't even want to know that. Now. Now I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's a cool episode. I mean, honestly, a cool episode. It is cool episode. And, and some crazy stuff. Yeah. I mean, like I said, like cycles. I mean, there's some really exciting, especially that. That's I think that image has been used on you know like uh, almost all the series seven things of him on the motorcycle going up the the shard. Yeah, yeah, cool. So move on to episode seven, the Rings of Akaten, aka Indiana Jones and the Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, you're right. Like keeping the 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 great old beasts like literally uh, quiet with the thing. Yeah, we're watching this again, like, and I certainly love this episode. But that's exactly yeah. what it is. Or and this came to me seeing it again. Island of Misfit Memories. Oh, okay. Because it's this crazy like place hanging out in the middle of nothing. Yeah. And it's and it's like the Island of Misfit Toys, but it's not toys. It's their memories and their sentimentalities and. All the stuff that goes on there, but it's, I mean, if you look at the poster and we talked about this last episode, they're still in this. Every episode is an epic movie where they actually create a poster for it. The poster for this one is literally right out of Indiana Jones. Hmm. And so you, you definitely get that vibe. I mean, it's very fun. There's a little, there's a little part of it that I really don't fully understand, but again, Uh it's okay because it's fun. It's wonderful. And the long song is one of the greatest <laughs> musical pieces of the entire show. It's really good. Yeah. Uh, and I have a little bit, of course, and the doctor, while the long song is playing, gets to do one of his great speeches. So, of course, I have pulled a piece of that speech. So you'll hear both those things going on at the same time here. I looked away from the last great time war. I marked the passing of the Time Lords. I saw the birth of the universe and I watched as time ran out moment by moment until nothing remained no time no space just me i walked in universes where the laws of physics were devised by the mind of a mad man and i have watched universes freeze and creations burn i have seen things you wouldn't believe i have lost things you will never understand and i know things secrets that must never be told knowledge that must never be spoken knowledge that will make parasite god's place so come on then take it It's awesome. I, I wonder if that baby was uh, was an improv on his part. Yeah, part of me like they'd be writing that writing Doctor's baby. It's such it's so that music is so amazing. An interesting thing on the music, 
at the very end of the scene where he's finished, mm-hmm. it's literally almost note for note the exact same piece used for his finale as the Doctor. Oh uh, yeah, because yeah, this this they sort of the long song. Sort oh, of. it's it's literally almost note for note. Um, because it's so good, and I don't blame him for that. I'm Murray Gold, way to go, man, because it's good. Yeah, like I, I, it reminded me a little bit of the uh, Christmas Carol episode yes. too, because it had the, I have another thing, a, a piece of music being very, very important to the. Whole so thing. there's a little bit of a, I don't fully get the whole plot story, but I do get the idea that human sacrifice is wrong, which is should everyone should think that. I would, I agree with I agree with the human sacrifice being wrong. I, <laughs> I will take a firm stance on that. You know, I, the, the interesting emotional parasite thing. I think he I think he's trying to say <laughs> a lot with that, which is which is good. But also keeping again with the theme of celebrating this, this, the show's history, there's a mm-hmm. Susan reference as the granddaughter of the doctor. That's right. Which I love. That's right. Love it. Yeah, I know. It's another one of those mysteries that still has yet to be unpacked. Yes. Uh, this was written by Neil Cross, who is the show creator of Luther. Oh, Luther. that explains it. Elba. There we go. He uh, also wrote another episode this season, too. Uh, it's interesting. This is another continuing thing of a companion, um, their first trip into deep space and having this sort of big, you know, sort of space opera thing happen. We saw, we've seen it multiple times now with the new companion. All right. So then we, we move on there to episode eight, Cold War, AKA the hunt for green October. <laughs> that was pretty low hanging fruit. But okay. Like or well here, well here, let me go a little lower. Okay. <laughs> Predator on a submarine. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's good literally yeah. wow that is, is exactly what this is <laughs> yeah this is a mark this is a mark gaddis episode i think this is one of the best ones that he, he's written um uh, I, I think it's a, a lot of it because we get to see an old monster get brought back and sort of given some new exciting things and i like the fact that the doctor is legitimately concerned about this like it's not just like like oh it's a you know, it's a dalek we'll handle it you know it's sort of like no guys <laughs> seriously you do not want to piss yeah, off we need guy. we need to lock everything down you know it's it's a cool episode i didn't really care for it when i remember seeing it when it first came out it was somewhat better but i'm going to tell you this i had the craziest revelation while watching this one mm-hmm. the professor is played by a, na- a man named david warner mm-hmm. one of my favorites okay i did not realize who that was Ah, so okay. it, it was first of all, it was mind blowing enough to realize that he played a character by the name of Spicer Lovejoy. If you don't know who that is, he is Billy Zane's manservant in Titanic. <laughs> but right. even crazier is that he is Chancellor Gorkon in Star Trek Six: The Undiscovered Country. He is. And also he is Sark from Tron. What? Yes. David Warner is awesome. And he was also the big bad guy in Time Bandits like David Warner has has one of those dream careers that you you like you know, an actor wishes he could get one fantastic role like that and he consistently gets these fantastic things and makes the and makes the heads best up of all. too apparently he plays a significant part in Mary Poppins Returns which I saw oh interesting but yeah he's one of my favorite British actors like I just love him. this season this half season one of the biggest which we'll get to the bigger one even coming up later one of the biggest guest star spots for pop culture icons. Yeah, I suppose. Richard E. Grant, Ian McKellen. I mean, David Warner, like, wow. They're they're pulling some pretty big names. Yes. It's crazy. I didn't realize it. I forgot when I was watching it. But anyway. Yeah, I like like Cold War a lot. I think it's a a really fun episode. And it's it's also, you get to do some nice character building between the Doctor and... And Clara, like you Absolutely. see how they work. Like, this is the episode where I remember specifically that he says, stay here, don't run off. And he goes and comes back and he's like, you, you stayed here. Yep. No, again, she, I, I love the development, love the development of the character. So yeah, I, I saw that, I don't have a whole lot to say about it. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> so let's move on to episode nine. Hide. 
AKA Poltergeist, a love story. Oh, <laughs> Poltergeist could be a love story. And I mean, seriously, the alternate one to this was, I mean, you know, like if ghost adventures did a love never dies episode, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was nice. Cause it's like, he's, you can see the doctor is so excited about the fact that it's a ghost. Like, Oh my gosh, it's a ghost. Who are you going to call and all that stuff. But then it turns out it's, it's a wibbly wobbly timey wimey thing. I, I actually don't mind this episode, except when she drops the ghostbusters line. Uh huh. Someone, someone in that room should have went, yeah, you know what? Let's not do that. It's so cheeseball. <laughs> yeah, well, a little bit. I mean, I could deal with the Dr. What. I love the Dr. What reference. Like, wait, Dr. Who, Dr. What? Oh, that too. <laughs> like, I like that. Yeah, the Ghostbusters line I thought was really, really cheesy, but really scary. I mean, they they make out those mm-hmm. photos when they're looking at the photos. They're creepy, legitimately creepy. It's nice thing when they have a twist and you go, oh, all right. That's pretty cool. Like, it's like, oh. You know, it's like, it's a pretty good twist. And, 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 and you know, and, and actually I, in my notes I had, okay, here's all the things that we get to see all within five minutes. Mm-hmm. Pocket universes. Mm-hmm. Ah, no, note that for the future. Mm-hmm. Um, Cerebro. <laughs> way, yeah. way to go. And wormholes. And you're like, okay, this is like a ton of stuff all within five minutes. It's, it's pretty funny. So, and uh, just as we're talking about uh, actors uh, and, and interesting histories of them, Doug Ray Scott plays uh, Alec in this. So he's like, oh, yeah. so what's interesting about Doug Ray Scott is that he has a very interesting <laughs> history. Uh, and, and interesting, we're talking about X-Men because uh, he was Wolverine. Doug Ray Scott was cast as Wolverine in the X-Men movie. And because of an injury, he couldn't do the role. So they had to find some weird Australian guy from their touring production of Oklahoma to take the role. And history was made. Wow. So he's one of those, like, always a bridesmaid things. Like, he got to be in Mission Impossible 2, and obviously he's, he's still a working actor, but it's always one of those woulda, coulda, shoulda things. Like, he really could have been Wolverine. And don't you don't you really think that Hugh Jackman should send him a $1 million check every year? <laughs> every year. Like, dude, like, here, once again, Merry Christmas. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks for my career. I oh, appreciate boy. it. All right. Yeah. No, but great episode. I actually like it. I love I love the scene at the end where they high five each other when they when when she comes out of the TARDIS. Again, the relationship is right. It's already right there. In fact, maybe this is the point of the season where I already realized I almost don't remember Amy Pond. Oh, wow. Like, okay. no, like literally they work so well together that I'm like, wow, that just seems like seasons ago. Yeah, it's just me. I'm a Clara person. All right, anyway. uh, at this point, I have zero problems with Clara. I love Clara. Oh. I think the actress, Jenna, is amazing at it. I think, well, of course, she's adorable, but oh, also she yeah. brings this great, bright energy to right. it. Wonderful thing that, oh, you get with a new companion where it's just like, all oh, this is new and different and exciting. Yeah, she's fantastic. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about later on down the line uh, <laughs> some of the problems that like, I get into with Clara. But at this point, yeah, I'm, I'm still fully on board, 100% uh, Team Clara. Uh, especially now that we're all trying to figure out what the mystery is, what's the impossible girl and, and all that stuff. So we move into episode 10, Journey to the Center of the TARDIS, a.k.a. The Junk Runners Scorch Trials. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Nice. Or or Hogwarts in space. Oh, <laughs> Okay, Hogwarts. Is, I don't get the Hogwarts in space because Hogwarts, this ridiculous castle that where things keep changing. Oh right, yeah, and it's got all this craziness. Yeah, and, and it's yeah, never it's ending. And you, dangerous. Yes, and you don't know what's behind the next door, and now it's in space. 
Yeah, that was kind of silly. Two uh, incredibly uh, awful brothers. Oh, my God. These guys are horrible. Yes, they they're get redeemed, awful, but awful they're people. horrible. And it still blows me away how this, okay, this new TARDIS gets its ass kicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, right out of the yeah. gate. It's, like, right. trashed. Like what? Yeah, we get to and we we get to see uh, not only do we see a lot more TARDIS, but we also get to see some echoes of the TARDIS. And at one point, like I even found the list of like where all they they pulled all the little flash sideways because they're like sort of crossing over with other things that happened in the TARDIS at the time. It's a little bit um once you realize what's going on, you know the big reveal of the of the Ash people, like what they are and stuff. I think this episode. Look, I actually like this episode because it's cool to see them visualize all these things you kept hearing about in the TARDIS, the swimming pool, the library, the engine, the way it makes things like it's actually, I think that is actually kind of cool. I think they did as good a job as they could have done with it. And Clara as, as being sort of the, like you were, you were saying the super fan, like we get to see that she's like sort of like one of us. If we were on the TARDIS, she gets to read the book of the time war. (laughs) Like, Oh my God. That's what all of us are like. Yes. Tell us, tell us. And another really cool, um, the part where the guy is ripping apart the console, there's a whole Mm -hmm. stream of, uh, and you can look for this online, a whole stream of audio clips from various episodes from classic who and, and modern. Yeah. Yeah. So I was saying like there, I I found that list too, that was going through and it was really neat that someone had gone through and cause God bless the Whovians. Oh yeah. uh, Gone through and categorized and said where each episode was from. And again, I love it. I love the fact that this continues on. It's, it's, it's an, it's an entire season long homage to the show's history. Yeah. It's, it's, it's it's a good solid episode. I mean, it's, and uh, you can see the doctor basically blurting out everything. Like, you know, I met you multiple times and you've died or something. And then having the, the uh, wibbly wombly timey wimey thing uh, wipe it all away. Right. So he doesn't get to. And, but I think, I, I believe that this does come back though, because I think because Clara has lived multiple things, I think she ends up having, getting to witness this when she's sort of taking her big trip through time. Oh, yeah. Moving on to episode 11 The Crimson Horror, aka. The road to Wellville is dipped in blood. (laughs) That's good. Or, or, and this is a crazy deep cut. The ventriloquist's dummy. If you don't know what that is, that is an episode of Tales from the Crypt. Yes. Okay. And the only reason why I picked it was Bobcat Goldthwait. Bobcat. Yes. There is. Okay. So bottom line is. Don Rickles, the ventriloquist, who his yeah. his misshapen twin brother is like his hand. Yeah. And the reveal at the end is just like this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. Oh, man. That was such a creepy episode. That's oh weird. Oh, my that, God. Yeah. That actually just, that's, uh, there's another podcast I was listening to. It mentioned that exact same episode and they were talking about Wait, it. Wait, really? Oh, that's a. Yeah. So creepy. It's, it's so creepy. It's on, it's on YouTube. It's a lousy, it's a lousy quality of it, but you got to yeah. see it. Road to Wellville. Yeah, that's one of the ones where I, I saw it at an impressionable age. Like it's always like been one of those like ah, haunting things. Well, and okay. And so this one takes, if the Road to Wellville is a movie about the, the guy who made cornflakes, Dr. Kellogg, starring, uh, Anthony Hopkins, you can pass on that movie if you want. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, don't take this as any type of endorsement. That no, you no, it's not, it's not, it's not. You know, this episode. <laughs> no. Now, this is the episode where is this the one where the doctor because he's not in it for the first like third. 
Is this right. the, okay? So this is the one where they film it because of different shots. Yeah, he was already like uh, in, encased in in the wax, I believe. Through right. the first, they find him eventually. He's Potter Nastri. Uh, the the uh, the gang is funny as heck. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Vastra and Strax and Jenny and Jenny and Jenny gets to kick butt and yeah. hilarious. <laughs> the little the little weird play between the Doctor and Jenny because apparently uh-huh. the Doctor has a secret crush on Jenny. That's <laughs> the it's not going to happen, Doc. Just it's let it go. Okay. Yeah, no, but I mean, but it, but it's, it's, but it's, there's a couple moments where you're like, what is happening here? Let's just say that there's a, there's a sight gag with the sonic screwdriver that slipped under the, the childhood rating for the show. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's, it's an okay episode. I, I like Vastra and Strax and Jenny. So, I mean, they, exactly. they save it for me. Um, but, you know, I, I think overall, I think this is probably like the low point of the set of oh, episodes. Oh, I would agree. I totally, totally would agree. Totally would agree. Yeah. It's, it, this is like, it's like, I, I find Mark Gattis very hit and miss when it comes up. So, this is one of his too. Like, mm-hmm. this is uh, uh, definitely of the latter one. Music. Music, though, still, though, fantastic. The music is really on on, on point. Yeah, yeah. he is like uh, uh, Murray's doing a great job. Oh, and uh, wait, just one more thing. Mm-hmm. Tegan references. <laughs> I love which Tegan. is Tegan amazing when they do the funny flashback like thing. He mentions the 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 mouthy Australian. I forget what he says. And like, <laughs> I mean, which is a Tegan Jovanka, who she's a she's a companion of the fifth doctor, Peter Davison. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> I love it. Oh, and also, and we also have to do a shout out to uh, to Game of Thrones because obviously Dame Diana Rigg. Oh yeah, has a major role in this one, and she ends up being a major role in Game of Thrones as well. There's, I believe, well, as we go along, we're going to see a lot more. Uh, oh, actually, I, I forgot to mention that too. In uh, in in Cold War, I forgot that uh, there's another. Um, oh, Game of Thrones, Game yes, of the captain there too. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. So yeah, this is what, this is what I get for uh, not following my notes. But yeah, but it's 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 all right. It's like you know, I, I like I like the Victorian kind of you know um, trio adventuring and stuff too. I, I, but yeah, overall, yeah, it's all right. All right, so then we move on to episode twelve, Nightmare in Silver, aka Captain Spaulding's Museum of Monsters and Madmen. Oh wow! <laughs> okay, because now that now that one because okay because what's what's the other one? Yeah, the best of both worlds, Mister Lacutus. I get uh, it. Yeah. I couldn't lead with that one. I mean, that was yeah. obvious. Yeah. Um, no, this is totally like, and, and okay. And you know, if you Captain Spaulding is a horrible character from yes. Rob Zombie horror movies. However, yeah, this uh-huh. is actually kind of exactly like it. Yeah, it's a little bit. Yeah, I can see there's a little bit of that in there. It's a little weird. You don't take yeah. the kids there. What was he thinking? <laughs> don't do that. Don't, don't do that. What are, you, what are you thinking doing that? Just tell them to shut up. Wipe their minds. Do the Vulcan Time Lord mind lock on them. <laughs> No, as soon as this episode starts, like, I like this episode. I like it a lot better this time around than when, I, when it was first on. Yeah. But wow, like, it's, I'm just like, you, the kids bribed you with doing research? <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Who cares? I do feel like this, this is the, the second episode written by Neil Gaiman. Uh, so I, I feel like Neil Gaiman writes two hour Doctor Who movies that then they have to go, whoa, Neil. <laughs> this is the BBC. We do 45 yeah, do minutes do? and we barely make our budget. And, so, and it always it always feels like there's more going that was left on the cutting room floor that had to be like, okay, well, this is this is what we pared it down to. We lost all our budget renting a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, we're, we're done. Like, that's it. That's why. Why do you think we set a whole episode inside the TARDIS? We couldn't afford to go anywhere else. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's it's full of great ideas and imagination, as 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 uh, the doctor's wife was. You but you can see all these little just fun little things he puts in, and he brings back old school Cybermen and actually makes them pretty uh, intimidating. Yes, I, I've been sort of like I've been down on Cybermen for this whole time, but like now he brings it back, and these are you know Mondasian Cybermen, like old school real Cybermen, like the the true Cybermen, not the the ones from the alternate universe that we've been seeing for the last couple of seasons, uh, but like old school. And and also um, how they've updated and now they're taking over minds. They can do more than just people. And there's that sort of that Borg-esque. You know, I was to just going to say, this is this is the first contact. Like what first contact did to the Borg, this is what this does to the Cybermen. And it makes them literally, th- and, and Warwick Davis. Oh, there we go. Yes. Of Warwick Davis, what like did- uh, from, uh, from Star Wars, as uh, most people know, but also from Willow. From Harry Potter, Harry Potter. He was in, uh, yeah, he's, yeah, he's been a, a, a working actor for a lot. He was obviously Wicket originally, but uh, yeah, he gets the he gets to be obviously the the what the Emperor of the Universe. What I can't remember what his title was. Let's see if it was yeah Emperor, <laughs> Emperor of Known Space or something. Well, that's better than that's better than porridge. Yeah, <laughs> and and this this uh, there's there's you know we talk about tropes and there's like a couple tropes that are uh, super annoying to me and then some that I really look forward to and I really love seeing lead actors playing multiple roles. Yes. I love when you get, they get to do that. So I like seeing uh, Matt Smith being able to play the doctor and Mr. Clever. I like him going back and forth. And I like how different he makes them so that they, when they do the, the cutting back and forth too. And also playing opposite yourself is incredibly difficult. And so to make it so that it doesn't sound like you're just pausing and waiting for you know some, <laughs> some script supervisor off camera seeing a chair going, uh, yes, we're going to destroy you now. Oh, are you? Yes, we are. Like... My note that takes a lot of talent. My note says Matt Smith gets to go insane. Mm-hmm. He really yeah, does. Another thing that that actors love to do. <laughs> no, he 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 loved it. It's awesome. He does a great job with this, and yeah. he gets to deliver one of the best lines ever. When at the end, when when uh, when Clara comes in and goes, uh, "What do you think of me?" or whatever, and he's like, "Oh, you're too short and bossy, and your nose is all funny." <laughs> <laughs> I love, uh, I love it. This is just this is great. She's great. Love it. Yeah, yeah. It's it's it's, it's a super fun episode. Uh, and yeah, I, I like it's nice that uh, I hope Neil gets to write more. Absolutely, because you know it'd be nice if there was like a sort of a third, you know, part of his thing. And it's also nice that he wasn't he wasn't trying to just uh, live on a, in his own little game inverse. Like he could have very easily have done. Doctor's Wife Part Two. Yep. You know, and instead he went completely different. Like he went, like I'm going to do Cybermen. I'm going to have uh, Emperor in hiding, and you know, like all of this, Mister Clever, like all of these new ideas and new things, as opposed to being like uh, the Doctor's Wife is back again. No, uh, ab- oh, absolutely. I think no. I think I, this was definitely and the house much is back again. Yeah. Definitely much better the second time around for me seeing it. I was like, wow, this was great. Yeah, it's a, it's and 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 you can even go back through and find all little little bits and pieces and stuff that stuff they talked about. Lots of little little nods and stuff that he puts into as, as a true doctor who fan would awesome. So, all right. So yeah, that, that brings us to, there's a couple of, uh, there's a couple of small mini sods that were in the, on the box set. There was Clara and the TARDIS, uh, which is, you can find that online. It's, it's a fun little thing. It's, it's about how the TARDIS hates her. <laughs> so at one point she gets she, in the middle of the night, she gets up to go to the bathroom and comes back and found the TARDIS has deleted her room. So then she comes back there and she's like talking to it's basically just it's all Jenna. So it's just Jenna and the TARDIS. She's talking to the console like, why? I, I, what have I done to you? Like, why are you why are you tormenting me like this? And then as she's talking, uh, uh, another Clara walks in and it's the Clara from the next night 
because she still hasn't found her room yet. The the alternate the alternate title for this is a fistful of Claras. <laughs> uh, and then it goes on and on like that. By the end of the episode, uh, the the entire TARDIS is full of Claras who are just trying to go to bed. Pretty much, yeah. Uh, see, there's uh, Rain Gods, which was another little uh, Neil Gaiman thing he had. Um, River Song is in that. It's just uh, they. They, they didn't actually shoot that. That's like an animated thing that they sort of put together. And then there's someone I actually had never heard of before called the Info Inforarium. Yeah. It's a little thing of the doctor explaining a little bit more about how he went about deleting himself from history. I, that, that one I had I actually had never found before. So that was I didn't understand what was going on in it at all. <laughs> It's yeah, it's a little strange, but it was like oh okay, it's nice to have a little new thing yeah, that you've never seen before. Yeah, and then they're gonna there's and there's a lot more that's they're gonna come for all the ofs too, lots of little bits around the edges and stuff too. But Jenna does a great job right here from the start of establishing Clara as a, a brand new person. Not she's not like Rose. She's not like Donna. She's not you know she's definitely not like Amy. Uh, she's uh, her own girl very, very quickly. And even with adding in the, the mystery of uh, her history and <laughs> mystery of her history uh, and who she is and her future and what's going on and the secrets and stuff, too. I love I love this this second half of the season. I thought it was yeah. great. Yeah, no, yeah. fantastic. Everything. Especially, yeah, especially like technically the back half. Yeah. Because, you know, it's like a lot of times they, they sort of front load and you sort of you have the lot, lot down. This way we get almost like like the last one was a complete season. This is a complete season smack dab in the middle. Absolutely. Yep. I don't like when they divide the season, but for this, I, I can kind of understand. No, no, I, I see why they did it. And it's a wonderful ramp up to what was the 50th anniversary celebration. So. Yeah. This was great. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah, from this, we head into uh, the name of the doctor and then everything we know about doctor who is going to change. Uh, yeah. Things are going to get really, really timey wimey. Oh yes. Yeah. We'll get to talk about that. So awesome. All right. So that's, I think so. Uh, all right. So we, we talked, we, we some new changes coming to our podcast and some uh, changes are coming to the doctor as well. And uh, we are on the verge of uh, brand new episodes of doctor who Woo-hoo. in the airwaves with a brand new doctor. Uh, so we're, Lots of changes, lots of excitement. Uh, this is going to be this is going to be a lot of fun. Excellent. All right, so we'll I think we'll, we'll call it quit, we'll quits there for now because we have a lot to talk about in the of the Doctor series in our next episode. So uh, thank you, Rob, for coming along on the journey. Very welcome. Thank you. Thank you, to Engineer Alice, for thank making you. this sound good. All the professionalism comes from her. All the mistakes are our own. Uh, so to play us out, we will have uh, Clara's response to uh, the Doctor from uh, He Said She Said, uh, and then we will see you next time. One day you meet the doctor. And of course, it's the best day ever. <laughs> it's just the best day of your life. Because, because he's brilliant and he's funny and mad. And best of all, he really needs you. The trick is, don't fall in love. I do that trick quite a lot, sometimes twice a day. And once you start running, You start to forget, slowly, after a while. You just stop asking. Who are you? Where are you from? What set you on your way and where are you going? Oh, and what is your name? You get used to not knowing. I thought I never would. I was wrong. I know who he is. I know how he began and I know where he's going. 
I learned the truth about the Doctor and his greatest secret. The day we went to Trenzalore. You've been listening to a Legible Scrawl audio production. Find out more about us at our website, legiblescrawl.com. You follow us on Twitter at Legible Scrawl or find us on Facebook. The music you're listening to is Zazzy by Kevin McLeod. You can find out more about him at incompetech.com. And as always, you're welcome. 